Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes and Technology. My name is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. Well, it has been an interesting January, exciting January, a little bit overwhelming, quite frankly. For those of you that don't normally follow this show, we'll give you a little background. This show is brought to you by an organization called Million Kids. We're not one million. We're not a million. We're not five million kids. We're just simply millionkids.org, not .com, but .org. And we're an organization that's been in business now going on, believe it or not, it's over 15 years. And uh, we're headquartered right here in Southern California, where you are. But we also work across the nation. We do a lot of different kinds of work. But our whole thing is keeping kids safe from predators. So we do a lot of prevention and intervention work for human trafficking and sex trafficking especially, and also online social media exploitation. And so it is challenging work. And January was National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So I am like to the end of my rope. (laughs) I have never, I don't know that I've ever seen it quite as busy as it has been this month. And uh, we do all kinds of things to support the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, which is through the Riverside County Sheriff Department. We have some amazing men and women in Riverside County and some in, in San Bernardino County that do what nobody else is willing to do, and that is to go out in the middle of the night and go after the worst of the worst. I believe that anybody who sells a, a young person's body is the worst of the worst, And they are really some scary people sometimes to go after pimps and predators and pedophiles and like that. So with that, it's been a very busy month. So on the negative side, we talk a lot about uh, exploitation and, and abuse and that kind of thing. On the positive side, though, we do a lot of prevention and intervention. And a lot of people think that I'm the only person at Million Kids. Uh, They must think I do this morning, noon, and night. Well, some days it does feel like I do, but (laughs) just ask my husband. But, But it isn't true. We're a whole team of people with some incredible expertise and people with big hearts that care about other people. And we're also an organization made up of donors and supporters of people who care deeply about young people and this subject. And we can't do this work without all of you that go out and and educate yourself about this and support our work financially and in your prayers. Thank you very much. We need those. And so one of the projects that we run in January is called the Foster Care Bedding Program. And uh, this is conducted by many people at Me and Kids, but especially by a lady that has helped me for many, many years. And I've asked her to be a guest on our show today. What we do with the foster care uh, bedding program is we ask you to donate a minimum of $50. You can be 75 if you want to go really outstanding. And we go out and we buy, um, you know, comforter for a twin bed matching sheets, and then some sort of decorator item that can be really fun. Uh, This can be anywhere from Spider-Man to dinosaurs to Barbie. 
And uh, we package those up and donate them off to the kids that are going to be in foster care. So when I began to think about all that happened this month, and trust me, I can't even get on my dining room table or my couch because you all donated so much and I'm packaging it up about to deliver it. And uh, it was so exciting. But when I started thinking about it, we have a lady that is just so important to us. She runs her, she and her husband run a corporation. They don't actually live in California anymore. I met her once in California. And uh, I have never seen a person with such a heart for foster kids. Her name is Dina Murray, and I've asked Dina to join us today. You want to say hello, Dina? Hi, everyone. Tell us, tell the audience a little bit about what you do with me and kids. And also, well, I'll come back to you in a minute about your work with foster kids. But first, tell the public, let them know it isn't just me, baby. <laughs> There's a lot more people than me that are cranking this stuff out and doing the hard work. So tell the folks what you do with me and kids. Well, with million kids, I do whatever Opal needs. <laughs> Now, um, I do, but I have also been responsible for the website and keeping that updated. Some of the, a lot of, if you get the e-blast, usually I'm the one sending them out. Opal oftentimes writes them, but I make sure they get sent. So I do handle (laughs) some of the marketing pieces. I work with Chris, another team member who does social media, making sure he gets what he needs and then packaging the radio show because we do put it on as a podcast as well on Spotify. So just whatever's needed. Yeah, well, you're very good at whatever is needed. She is also very good at uh, packaging and doing events planning and that kind of thing. She's an excellent resource in our life and a very good friend. Well, one of the reasons I wanted Dina to come on is she's helped us a lot with our foster kids program. And uh, if you go on millionkids.org's website, or if you're on Facebook, ask to join Million Kids, or even Million Kids supporters, that's a close site where you can get trained. And you can see pictures of all the photographs of all the things that have been donated this month by the public for foster kids. But the other reason I asked Dina to come on is I have never in my lifetime, and I've met a lot of people in my lifetime, never in my lifetime have I met someone with such a heart for foster kids. And she and her husband have literally dedicated their life to assisting foster kids. And that's really where I met Dina many years ago. Uh, and uh, she probably regrets that day. But anyway, Dina, come on, tell the public a little bit about <laughs> now, what you do. <laughs> well, we became foster parents. I don't even, I think it was like 1990 or something like that. And our goal was to keep siblings together. So we had a set of three and then they were reunified with their mom. And then we had a set of four who stayed with us for two and a half years. They were reunified with our mom. And then in between and during that time, we would have individual. And then we ended up with six siblings. Then we got a call, hey, we have a single and then a single and then four. So we ended up with a household of four foster children at the same time. And over the years, we ended up adopting adopting all 12 of them. So oh that gosh. was our journey. I think we've added it up and we've had close to 30 foster children come through our house at various times. 
Oh my gosh. And you don't drink either, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you are one brave woman. But on top of it, one of the things that I have known about Dina in working with her is she has tremendous insight into the human life and the needs of people and understanding uh, what what uh, how to deal with people, especially young people that may have been dealing with trauma. So, Dina, one of the things I'd like you to share with the people is what's it like to work with foster kids and uh, what, what kind of skill sets does it take? But more important, what kind of situations do you encounter? Wow. Well, I can say this. I do think it was from God, the, our ability and our insight, you know, praying for wisdom every single day <laughs> is part of the journey. You know, you you have to have that and to have the right um, mindset every single day. I have learned so much patience. I think that is one of the most important things that you can have, but it's staying connected with God on a daily basis. Oh, I bet. I bet. It's a, you know, you've had such a range of kids. And um, as far as like ages go, male or female and ages. And so each and every one of them has unique needs based on their background and what they've endured and uh, what their expectations are and what their fears and anxieties are. As we uh, begin to get it ready to go into our next section, uh, one of the things I want to share with the public here is one of the reasons this discussion about foster kids is so important is literally more than half of the young people that end up victims of sex trafficking come from the foster care system. And there's reasons for that. You know, they're easier to recruit because they have a hole in their heart. And, you know, bad guys figure that out real quick. And this is why early on when Dina and I met, we talked about how do we do prevention and intervention and help some of those most vulnerable kids that are great kids, many of them very smart, but to keep them from becoming victims. Well, folks, we're talking to Dina Murray. We are up against a break. We'll be right back. Are you tired of eating at the same old restaurants? Let me tell you about a fabulous Italian restaurant we found in Riverside, Mamma Mia's Italian Restaurant. Their caprese salad is exquisite with candied balsamic glaze. All of their sauces are special recipes using only the best olive oils. The salads are fresh and healthy. They offer a wonderful array of pastas, including shrimp scampi, capellini, bolognese, and lasagna. They're famous for their gourmet pizza, and you can order online for takeout or have a special date for dining in with family and friends. Mamma Mia's caters special occasions and hosts private events. You have to try it out. Mamma Mia's Italian Restaurant, located at 10971 Magnolia Avenue in Riverside, one block north of La Sierra on Magnolia. That's Mamma Mia's in Riverside. Be sure to tell Michael, Alex, or Joseph you heard it on AM590, The Answer. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of 
MillionKids.org. I believe the four most powerful words on earth are, I believe in you. So we created a challenge coin that says, I believe in you on one side and stand tall, you are loved on the other side. This one-of-a-kind challenge coin is a perfect gift for birthdays, anniversaries, graduation, Christmas presents, or just an anytime gift for someone you love. What a powerful message for a parent or a grandparent to give to a young person. This two-inch coin is made of polished gold. It's striking to look at, and it is priceless to hold. It is packaged in a beautiful black velvet gift box. What a great way to leave a legacy of love that will last forever. To purchase this coin, go to millionkids.org slash gallery. Each coin is $25. Go to millionkids.org slash gallery to purchase and give a legacy of love. Real estate sales in the Inland Empire are really hot. Sean and Colleen of Caldwell Banker Armstrong Properties in Riverside are proud to sponsor this show. They are the best in the Inland Empire. They're fair, honest, creative, and they care about you and your situation. If you're in the market to buy or sell a home, call Sean and Colleen at 951-529-4066. AM 590, the answer. Hello, welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton. I'm the president and CEO of an organization called Million Kids, millionkids.org. We combat human trafficking and social media exploitation. And so many times we work with kids that are really uh, don't have all the advantages that all the rest of our kids take for granted. And it is our mission to try to get there first, to prevent and intervene so that kids don't get violated. Well, one of the ladies that's worked with us for many years is just absolutely a saint on earth. Somebody I totally admire and appreciate with all my heart is a lady by the name of Dina Murray. Dina uh, works with an organization, a corporation that does uh, prevents, or excuse me, does um, uh, prevention the prevention work, but a lot of it is by educating you through uh, social media exploit, excuse me, social media uh, posting so that you can see what is happening. She also mans our website. She is the person that does so many of these million kids, missing kids programs that we do, getting those posters out so that we can help find foster kids. During the COVID time, we had a lot of foster kids that we couldn't locate, and I'm not the person there that's that's working with DPSS, but I, I know the folks at DPSS, which are our social service organization, and they were very concerned. And so they came to us, and I came uh, went to uh, Dina and said, how do we help find these runaway and missing kids, even if they're social services kids? And Dina is just a master at doing the kind of marketing skills that she has that expertise and that talent for. And, and she took this project on to help find uh, runaway and, and missing foster kids. So with that, Dina, I'd like to start from the beginning. Tell us first about what are some of the things that you see with foster kids that make them so vulnerable? Well, you know, it's... It's been a process to learn this. And we've had kids that were neglected. We've had kids that were abused, all types of abuse. And so you learn from each of them different things. But there's been a few kind of common factors 
I think that that are overarching. One of them has been that oftentimes foster kids don't have boundaries. And most kids have a certain protection that they've learned. And so they can protect themselves. They put boundaries up and they don't let people violate those boundaries. What I've noticed with foster kids often is that those boundaries have been crossed and trashed so many times that the boundaries have come down, which makes them just extremely vulnerable. They don't know how to protect themselves. And then when you add to that, that many of them have prefrontal uh, cortex um, damage that either comes from abuse as small children or has come from maybe a parent, a, a mother who used some types of drugs or alcohol. So they're also also dealing with the damage to their brain. And the reason that matters is that prefrontal cortex is what um, gives us the ability to reason and to use logic and to make decisions and to weigh one side versus the other. If you have damage to, to that region of your brain, those children tend to be much more impulsive. Uh, they don't think things through. They don't think about consequences, maybe like some of us would. Of course, when you're dealing with children, that doesn't really develop until you completely develop until you're 25 ish or so. But with with foster children, the damage sometimes has delayed that growth for so much that they just aren't capable of making what we would consider to be good decisions. And no, then the third. A... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and the third thing that we've noticed that we noticed is that they often are dealing with attachment dis disorder. You talked about the hole in the heart. So if you're a baby and you cry and nobody responds, at some point you just stop expecting. And so you you learn to detach from people because you, you know, you've heard people who'll say, well, I can't trust anyone but myself. That's a form of attachment disorder. And we saw that where they didn't want us to parent them. They were quite okay by themselves because they had never learned to trust a parental figure. They had never learned that parental figures would uh, you know, a lot of lies happen in dysfunctional families. And so they got used to that. And so they disassociated themselves from those people that they should have attached to. Mm -hmm. You know, I've often had a theory and uh, and I'm certainly no psychologist by any means, and I don't have the expertise or background that you do. But one of the things I've often thought about uh, foster kids, because I've met some just amazing, brilliant foster kids, and, uh, and or they're uh, kids that are temporarily in the system because they have nowhere to go. And, uh, and it's really, really a concern now because we have so many teenagers that are homeless on top of it that kind of get lost in this system. But I've often thought that one of the things that makes the older uh, foster kids or or at least kids that that don't have a, a strong household to be in is this idea of performance based love, if you will, that uh, I've often thought in my case, you know, I did things that I'm sure 
ticked my parents off, but I knew I wasn't going to lose my home over it. Okay. They still love me. They may not like me right now. (laughs) I'm not sure. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, they may not like me right now, but I knew I had a place to stay. I knew that I was still part of the family. I had that I had a, a a legacy of being part of something bigger than myself. And I often think that that's one of the real challenges for foster kids is because they they get into a home and you know if they if their behavior is such where they don't get to stay, they begin to look at love as what I do determines whether or not they love me. And that just sets them up for a pimp or a predator in such an easy way because pimps are really good at at giving them performance-based acceptance. What's your thoughts on that? Or is that way too deep for what you're... (laughs) No, I I would completely agree because, and, and what backs that up is we had, you know, every one of our children, because most of them had been in other foster homes before they came to us and for whatever reason had been moved out and ended up in our home. They pushed us because they wanted to know if we were going to be there when it mattered. And so they would test us and our commitment to them. And, but you know, I'm pretty stubborn. And so they weren't (laughs) going to get rid of me. But what we noticed with a lot of them, and especially the 12 that we ended up adopting, Once we told them that they were going to be adopted and they were okay with it, some of that behavior went away. So they needed, they needed that commitment from us that said, you know, we're putting our, you know, we're putting our money where our mouth is. You're stuck with us. And and we would (laughs) literally say that to them. You're stuck with us. Mm -hmm. And there, some of that behavior would change because it was like the 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 switch flipped on, right? That said, yeah. "Hey, they're serious. They're gonna yeah. keep me." But I, so I, what you're saying is completely true because if they're not in that place where somebody's making that commitment to them, because the foster children are not, you know, stupid. They know when they're in a home that is doing it for the quote unquote money or whatever the reasons that somebody's fostering. And so you're right. The performance base. And then if you tie it to all the things that I mentioned as well, especially attachment disorder, they can't, they don't bond because they've been moved from home to home. So why bond with this family? They're just going to move me in six months anyway. When somebody comes along and says, I love you, you're so beautiful, you're so special, they are so vulnerable to hearing that. They want to grab onto that because they do have that need, like all of us, that whole that hasn't been filled where it should have been. Especially that 12, 13, 14, 15 year old age where you're looking around to see who thinks you're cute and, you know, and you're, you're absolutely convinced that you're now adult enough to make good decisions. But in the meantime, you still want to uh, be able to show, look, I'm valuable and this person believes in me. And uh, that makes them so very easy to be groomed into things that, that will change their life. Well, my name is Opal Singleton, and the guest today is Dina Murray. Dina's uh, been supporting the work of me and kids for a very long time with her marketing efforts and like that. And I'm just so grateful to have her with us. And she was just really a dynamo in the foster kid bedding program, which we're going to talk a little bit more about as we come back from break. <laughs> 
It is break time, folks, so be with us, and we're going to be right back. Thank you. Societal Shift, A World Without Borders and a Home Without Walls. This is the most important book you will read this year, especially if you have children or grandchildren. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by internet, more than six billion people coming together. Technology will provide many great advantages for our kids, but a world without borders for our kids is also a world without borders for pimps, predators, pedophiles, cartels, and organized crime. It is a home without walls because 87% of the kids sleep with their phone. It is the greatest societal experiment of all time. Our kids are technology geniuses and their parents are technophobic. Some are techno impotent. New apps come with no warnings on how a predator will use them against our kids. Advancing technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, artificial intelligence, cryptocurrency, and the dark net will challenge law enforcement, teachers, and parents to keep kids safe. Recent research states that 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed with a naked photo and 58% will meet their predator. It is indeed a societal shift and one in which most parents are unprepared. If you are a parent or grandparent, teacher, counselor, or social worker, please take time to read Societal Shift. Only $18.99 plus $6 shipping. Order today at millionkids.org. That's millionkids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N-K-I-D-S dot org. It'll be the greatest gift you can give your family and yourself. Order Societal Shift today. Million Kids takes checks and credit cards. Opal Singleton, the author, will personally sign the book and send it to you. Again, go to millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. Join Million Kids. Keep our kids safe from predators. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. This is Opal Singleton. I'm the president of Million Kids and we come to you every Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on AM 590, The Answer. Hey, I want to share with you a minute. I've, I've done a huge amount of public speaking in January. It makes my head ache thinking about all that we did, but it's almost at the end of that. But that gave me an opportunity to meet so many of you. And it has been really refreshing from that standpoint. Now, on this radio show, we come on, we look at the microphone, we say, what are we going to say today that's important enough that you want to listen? And yet, when I meet you out in the public and you tell me that you never miss this show or that you love uh, some of the subjects that we cover, it just means the world to us. Uh, this is an important show. We actually got the show so that we could talk about some of the challenges of uh, kids that get caught up in sex trafficking. You know, so many of you saw the movie Sounds of Freedom, and that's a really good movie, but it doesn't have anything to do with what happens here in the U.S. Uh, here in the U.S., it's usually a young kid, and as I said earlier, about 50% of the kids in sex trafficking come from foster care. And they fall in love online. Maybe they meet a guy at the mall. Uh, and all too often, it's a gang guy or somebody who wants to take them down. And yet they want to believe with all their heart that they found the right person, somebody to finally believe in them. And that makes them very, very vulnerable. And that's why I wanted to invite Dina Murray to join us today as you 
have already heard her say, if you've been on for the whole show, she actually adopted 12 kids. 12, is that right, Dina? 12? That is correct. Holy cow. That's more than you can count on two hands. But anyway, uh, and she's had a lot of experience. And so when we do these foster uh, support programs for kids like we've just been doing. And by the way, it's not too late if you want to donate. Um, we For $50, we will get a, a young person a comforter or matching sheets and a fun uh, decorator item or a toy if they're younger. And uh, so that's why she helps us do it. Dina, one of the things you and I often talk about is that what is it like to be a foster kid? You know, all of us that were raised in two-parent households or or even a one-parent healthy household have so many advantages that we don't realize impact our children and the lack of those advantages and what these kids are dealing with. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, if you think about it from a child's perspective, they don't always understand what's going on. They don't always understand the why or the what. Many of our kids were what they thought at home. They Some type of law enforcement showed up, made them get into a vehicle, and then they were driven to an unknown destination, depending Walk on the county. everything they know. Yeah. Yeah. Away from and from parents who are crying or a parent who's crying and and they see that, you know, the kids that reaction is that what's going on and they don't always understand. And then they're taken to this, whether it's a facility or a temporary home, meeting strangers and they're they've just seen all of this happening to their family they're oftentimes taken away from siblings they're taken away from their toys their friends you know depending on their age how they're Ooh. feeling and here they are with these strangers and then oftentimes it's either a temporary situation so then they get moved again and with some of our kids you know we depending on when and where we met them um some of the kids will block it out. They won't remember any of it. Some of them are just emotional wrecks. They would show up when they came into our house with a garbage bag with a few things thrown in it, maybe a toy that they had been given along the way. Rarely did they have anything from their, you know, their original home. And then they would show up and they would show up with maybe, you know, two or three outfits a pair of shoes because a lot of times they're taken away they don't have anything so wherever the temporary is gives them they'd have shoes that didn't fit i just remember some of our kids we'd one of the first things we would do would be to take them out and buy them shoes and oh, yeah. for some of them it's the first time they'd ever go, received a new pair of shoes well, and, shoes are personal i mean they oh, really are not all shoes yeah. fit everybody no. Well, and they usually get, you know, somebody's cast offs is in yeah. some of these shelters or wherever. And so you take them, you get them a pair of shoes. And I remember, you know, one of our little boys, because little boys really struggle, I think, in yeah. so many ways, you know, the three, four, five-year-old boys. And he picked out a pair of light up shoes and those <laughs> became his favorite, favorite possession. And 
you know, it's, and we know most kids, most of us don't even think about getting a new pair of shoes. You know, we need a new pair of shoes. We go, we get them. For these kids, that was like monumental. That was so different. They're scared. They're lonely, especially if they've been separated from siblings. Oftentimes in a dysfunctional family, one of the older siblings will take on the role of a parent. And because of maybe an age gap, they'll be separated from that quote unquote parent that they had, maybe a teen sibling. So that's scary for them. And then, you know, then they you start dealing with court dates and you start dealing with social worker visits and people are asking questions because they're trying to figure out what happened. And all of this is overwhelming. And I can tell you that probably none of our children ever really understood what was going on, even when they got older, they would have misconceptions. I know one of them told me, I know we were taken away from my mom. It was my fault because I didn't mm-hmm. keep my baby brother from crying. So yeah. it was my fault that we were taken away. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. No, I mean, we were talking, this was a household with addiction and mm-hmm. neglect. But this this five-year-old little girl thought it was her fault because she did not keep her one-year-old little brother from crying. And so the neighbors must have complained. They have no idea. They have no comprehension. And so it's just very, very, very scary. I mean, the inability to sleep at night, um, the sometimes eating disorders that come with it, you know, that you're dealing with. There's so many ways that they show that emotional strain just like any of us would. Yeah, I think uh, I've often thought that there's so many kids that blame themselves and feel like yes. if I could have been more, if I'd tried harder, if I'd done something different, and they take that as a diminish of their own self-worth and uh, because otherwise this wouldn't have happened. And, and of course, I think in many um, high emotion situations, that's a normal human response of you blame yourself because if then, if you blame yourself, you can, you can change yourself and maybe change the situation. And it's a a control mechanism trying to get back, uh, not ability to accept something that's happening. But of course, if you're five years old or seven years old, or even nine years old, and you see this even at 13, 14 year old girls, it's like, you know, I, I, this time I'm going to get it right. This time I'm going to comply. And that's one reason why they're easy to, to manipulate. I think uh, uh, the other thing is I want to talk a little bit about, we're starting to run out of time this session, but I talk a little bit about transitioning youth because I've met so many teenagers that are 14, 15, 16, and they're just trying to be adults and get out on their own. And of course, somebody comes along and says, here, I'll give you this, this, and this kind of thing. And that also makes them uh, vulnerable. But, but um, it, you know, the the society doesn't get so excited about helping a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid because they've probably been in some sort of trouble. But the truth is they need their your help more than any of the other populations, I think. I would agree. I think, you know, and you're also talking 17, 18 as they transition, yes. at least legally for many of them, they may not even be aware of the resources. Um, There may be nobody telling them. 
and there are resources for them. But again, it's scary. It's scary for the 18 year old who goes off to college for the first time or gets their first job. I would agree with that. I I think that uh, there that's an area of our society where we need to ta- pay attention because one of the things I know from million kids uh, supporters and followers, many of them, including many males, were raised in foster care or raised in a in a home that was a, a challenge for them, and they will be the first ones that say, "Let me buy." a set of bedding for a foster kid, because if I had had that when I was younger, maybe my life could have been a little bit different. Well, my name is Opal Singleton. Our guest today is Dina Murray. We are coming up against break time, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. I want to tell you about a book I wrote called Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. It's all about how predators access, groom, recruit, and exploit our young people using social media, online gaming, video chat rooms. Technology is changing at the speed of light, and we have to understand how to keep our kids safe from predators. So you can get this book by going to www.meandkids.org. It's $16. I'll sign it and I'll ship it to you personally. We hope that you will order this book. Educate yourself about how to keep our kids safe in this day of changing technology. Join us each Saturday for our radio show at Exploited Crimes and Technology at 3 o'clock on AM 590. The answer. Custom Service Systems, a proud supporter of Million Kids, is a family owned and operated commercial cleaning company servicing the Inland Empire and surrounding areas since 1974. CSS takes pride in their ability to maintain the business facilities they serve and their long lasting relationships with their valued clients. CSS provides a variety of cleaning systems customized to client needs, including deep cleaning and disinfectant to be COVID 19 compliant. From basic office cleaning to windows and floors, CSS will clean up your mess so you don't have to stress. Custom Service Systems cares about families and communities and wants to give back. Custom Service Systems are proud supporters of Million Kids to keep kids safe from predators. If you need the best cleaning services for your business or corporation, contact Custom Service Systems at cssclean.com. Again, cssclean.com or call 951-781-934. That's 951-781-9345. You will know you found the best. Custom Service Systems. Hello, this is Opal Singleton of Exploited Crimes and Technology. Let me tell you about my friend Doris Anderson at Remax Realty in Upland. She is amazing. She's kind, she's patient, but she listens. And she's informed and she will help you with your real estate transaction in a way that works for you. Doris, in full disclosure, often supports the work of Million Kids because she cares about young people. But she knows how to analyze a market, how to market a property, and how to find just the right transaction for both buyers and sellers. If you're looking to buy or sell real estate or invest in income property, contact Doris Anderson at Remax Realty 951-733-8899. That's 951-733-8899. 951-733-8899. AM 590, the answer. 
Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes and Technology. Our guest today is Dina Murray. Dina has supported the work of me and Kent's for a very long time. She does a lot of our marketing and uh, packaging, uh, all the all that research that I do and uh, put together. And she cleans up my typos too. She's really good, by the way. So, but Dina is an amazing woman. Her and her husband have adopted twelve foster kids over time. And one of the reasons she has wanted and and desired to work with me and kids is because we are all about supporting and helping kids to keep safe from predators. And foster kids are one of the most likely populations out there. So I wanted to use this last segment here for Dina and I to talk about ways for you to get involved. We know it's a challenge, but here's what I do know. I have met some amazing foster kids, and uh, I, I, I never forget one was a young man who wanted to be a meteorologist, and I went out and bought him a, uh, a hurricane, a book on hurricanes, and he was 17, and he was from Orange County, but he's out here in just one of these situations that was like a cul-de-sac of his life, a dead-end road for sure, and he was just biding time. And that triggered for me, you know, one of the populations that you can help that is so important is that group that's about 16, 17, 18, 19 years old. They're coming out of foster care and they're trying to figure out who they are and how to go to school, how to go to college, uh, how to get a job, how to how to learn a trade, how to be a a, a you know, solid individual. And if there's ever a time in our life that we can help, you know, most people say, well, I don't want to be a foster parent. Fine. But Dean and I were talking, there are several things that we believe that the public can do. One of them, of course, is helping with our betting drive at millionkids.org slash donate. Okay. But Dina, Someone give us give us and share with us some of the ideas that you've thought about for those older foster kids of how someone, even though they don't want to be a foster parent, how they can help. Well, one of the things we do at Million Kids is the Million Kids Missing Kids. And the bulk of those are foster kids. When we're looking for runaways or DPSS is looking for runaways, they're foster children. And something I had noticed and talk to a couple of the social workers about is that many of them run away before either a major holiday or before their birthday. And I thought, yeah, I thought that was just really interesting. So we talked about it. The other thing that they brought out is that many of them will run away close to their 18th birthday because that way they don't have to deal with the system any longer. But it made me start thinking about If kids are running away before major holidays, especially things like Thanksgiving, Christmas, the family times, or before their birthday, what is going on? Well, of course, either they're looking to reconnect with birth family during that time, or they're looking to connect with someone, or they don't want to deal with it because it's a family time and they don't feel like they're part of the family. So one of the things that I think is so important is if you know a foster child, any age, whether it's someone at church who has foster children, know when that person's birthday is and make a big deal about it. Uh Make a big, big deal about it. 
surprise party, balloons at church, embarrass them in front of everyone, (laughs) but make them feel like they are so special because that seemed to be, that seems to be a big link in many, many, many of the missing kids that we deal with that are foster children. It's a powerful idea. I love that idea. Well, and there are organizations out there that do birthday cakes for foster children. There's different things, but you know, if that, Again, if that group doesn't hear the child that you know, you know, you be the person to do it. And then the other thing, and this is a little bit of a bigger step. Bob and I, my husband, we would get exhausted because this was 24-7 sometimes. And we would need respite. Mm -hmm. You To become a respite person, you do have to become certified. And by being certified, you need to be fingerprinted in a background check. To be able, if you know anybody who is a foster parent, one of the most wonderful gifts you can give is to become a respite foster parent. Maybe it's one night, maybe it's two hours so that the mom can go grocery shopping without 12 kids all hanging off of the cart. That was one of the best blessings. We had a few people around us who did that, and Mm -hmm. including both my husband's and my mom's who became respite. And mm-hmm. it was such a blessing to be able to take a little bit of time without the kids. No so if, so without becoming a full on foster parent, you can become a quote, you know, an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent for an hour or two to give the foster parents some respite. That That's such a wonderful gift that you can give. And the kids love it. Kids mm-hmm. loved when grandma came and baked cookies with them so mom and dad could go out to dinner. So <laughs> definitely that's something to consider. Oh, that's cool. You know, another thing that I've often thought is if you know a foster family and maybe they don't have the resources they need, but one of the things I've seen about foster kids is they never get to like play soccer or go to a dance recital or, uh, you know, be in taekwondo or any of that stuff that normal kids do because it costs a lot of money for that. Uh, And especially if you're in a foster family where there's other foster kids. And I think working with the foster parent, you could sponsor that and say, let me help your son so that they can play soccer or play in a band or whatever they want to do, uh, be in the Boy Scouts and we'll make sure they have the proper equipment and uniforms and like that. I think that's the other reason that I've been so strong about this bedding drive. And uh, we're coming to the close. So I just want to let you know, if you want to participate, it's still not too late. Um, it, you know, this bedding drive is for little kids, but it's also for teenage kids. And uh, who wouldn't want a brand new comforter that's really cool, especially if it's got dinosaurs or footballs or something on it, and and something that is yours, that's brand new that you can be proud of. I often say that for churches, that if you have a kid that's transitioning out of the system, you know, sit down and find out what they need. Are they getting an apartment? Can you bring in, you know, all your older people who have way too much stuff and get collect so that they can have, you know, a blender and uh, maybe a nice painting and some new stuff in their room? I always say, give them something to lose, okay? Because most of these kids have never had something to lose. They have lost it all, but now give them something of their own. 
And that's especially important if you're 16, 17, 18, and you're looking at maybe being homeless or maybe looking to wanting to go on to the next step, but not having someone believe in you. So we're closing out. We've got about a minute and a half. I want to encourage you to follow me and kids. If you want to donate, go to meandkids.org slash donate. If you want to reach me, go to opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. So in the last minute or so, uh, Dina, do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share with our followers? I, I so much appreciate you being on. You're a delight. You know, I... I don't know that I have words of wisdom, but something that you just said triggered. Why not? You know, we do bridal showers and baby showers. Why not a transition shower? Have a shower, some type of party shower for that teen who's transitioning and making sure that they get set up right in their the next chapter of their life. Um, I, you know, in anything is so appreciated. I can tell you this as a foster parent and my children as foster children and then adopted children, anything that people did. I We were at a fast food restaurant. I don't even remember what state we were in. And it, we were a very mixed race family. So it was kind of obvious that maybe we weren't all biological. And somebody paid for our lunch at wow. a fast food place. He just said, hey, I just wanted to pay for your your lunch. And I, he was a truck driver who happened to be eating at the same place we were. So there's oh, cool. just it, it, every little thing that gets done is such a blessing for the family, whether it's for the child or for the, the family. So oh. uh, very much appreciated. I read a case we're closing out here, but I just wanted to add, I knew a lady in her 80s and she had a set of dishes that nobody in her family wanted and she was ticked off about it because they're all wealthy <laughs> and she's got these great dishes. They don't want her dishes. She packaged them up, wrapped them up pretty, took them down to a girl that was getting a new apartment. And she said, these dishes have been in the Larson family for 10, or excuse me, three generations. And you're now part of the Larson family. And I thought those kids don't normally get a legacy. Now they got a legacy. Well, thank you, Dina Murray, for joining us today. You've been a delight. This is Opal Singleton. The show is brought to you by millionkids.org. I hope you'll go online and hit millionkids.org slash donate. See you next Saturday at three o'clock on AM 590. This message is all about Million Kids, the organization that helps locate missing kids throughout Southern California and educates to keep kids safe from predators. Million Kids educates school administrators, teachers, parents, and teenagers how predators identify a potential victim and the methods they use to recruit innocent kids. BMW of Riverside is a proud supporter of Million Kids. Visit BMW of Riverside at the Adams Street exit off the 91 freeway or click bmwofriverside.com.